Sisters, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome everybody back into another great, exciting, and wonderful Unrelated at Birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you live and in living color from the top of the state of Alabama. That's right, in Madison, Alabama, in the Unrelated at Birth podcast studios. And as always, I have brought along my friend from the great state of Florida, the one, the only, phenomenal brother, Adam Joseph Russell. If I knew enough Flo Rida songs, I could have jumped in with something, but I don't. I, you know, the only one I know... Right round. You, well, there's that one, and then isn't he the one that... Apple bottom jeans... That's Nelly. The, no, that was it Nelly wasn't. when we were in... No, it wasn't. That was Nelly. Hold on, hold on. Apple bottom <laughs> It's jeans. called Got Low, I think, is that song. Low. Flo Rida featuring T-Pain. No way. Yes. Oh, and then welcome to my house. Yeah, that one. Flo Rido and T Pain, apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, with the fur. Wow. Club was looking at her. See, I only apple. thought T Pain did the Auburn song. I didn't know he had anything else. So Auburn sucks. <laughs> I like, I like riding, riding in, in my truck. truck. <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, look, we are doing a very serious topic tonight, and we started. <laughs> It's just our nature. We're jovial people. I can't help it. I know. We, we are jovial. Uh, uh, one reason I'm jovial is I'm over the plague, finally. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, our whole house is over the plague. Uh, I'll say this. You know, we were worried, kind of half worried about coming down to Florida, Florida, during the, uh, the 50th anniversary there at the end of this month. Uh, but now... Both my girls have the antibodies. I've got the double antibodies. Me and Amanda have double antibodies. Most of the people you know up there in your family's already gotten it, so you can go see everybody anyway. Yeah, exactly. So we're we good. We <laughs> we, we good, good until 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 Mew, uh, Mew starts doing its thing. Sorry, that was very inappropriate. <laughs> it, it was considering it's a virus and and people are I'm going so to sorry. die from it. And Lord, I apologize. Be with the big starving. Give me the big news in the game. <laughs> <laughs> So, so how, how are things, man? Good, good? Things are good. We had the plague go through our house, but it was a normal back-to-school cold after yeah. not being around people very much for a year or so. And we all got it all. Three of us that got it all were tested and negative, and, and you just walked away. I was listening. <laughs> for everybody listening in podcast land, Dave has put a WWE championship belt across his shoulder. I was listening. Did, I- you, get a, did you recover a turnover? I did, I did. Oh, did. wait, wait, wait. They just called it back. I had to give it back. <laughs> okay, Miami. 
<laughs> put that necklace put that necklace back man put that necklace back in. <laughs> i figured y'all get a kick out of that oh that was funny um but yeah we had you know it was just a cold and it it was not a mild cold but it wasn't the flu it was somewhere in between you know there was probably a day where all three of us that got it were on our butt a little bit but it's gone now and we were negative any, so we're good any fever any fevers in the house that's the thing there were none huh there were all of the symptoms but we hardly broke 99 any of us could you smell so, yeah could you taste yes we had energy the whole time it was just for a very brief part of one day that it kind of knocked us down and then we were like trolls get back up again yeah. oh you know i'll tell you when my smell started coming back i went through everything in the house and just what what <sighs> sin is that by the way david oh it's humidor oh humidor but but you uh you don't burn yours because because when i'm on calls and uh, calls for work and people are like what is that crackling noise is that somebody's microphone no it's this (laughs) woodwick candle that sounds like a firecracker going off in my office well that's when you tell them you say i'm sorry i have to have this to decompress from your crap that you're spewing on this call (laughs) you're just lucky i got out of bed my friend dave (laughs) doesn't even get out of bed for work that's what i should tell him what are you talking about you're sitting in my office here (laughs) with your leather bound books i mean here is my work computer right here right there right next to you closed well because it's 8 52 at night and just saying you never know when someone's gonna be trying to reach out man well that's that's when this you might want to check it real quick okay hold up Today I learned that Adam is a tub thumping chumbawamba. Did I get knocked down, but I got back up again? Yes, that's that's yeah exactly. from the from the the sickness. Yes. I was down with the sickness. Down with the sickness. Here we are laughing again, man. Would you like Applebee's on the date night? Got the barbecue Oreo I agree with Carrie. Please let you two. With the whipped cream on the Please, top. someone at YouTube, for the love of all things sacred, kill the feed. Kill the feed. All right, so let me ask you this, Adam. Yeah. Here's a, here's a today I learned, and I know how much you hate Luke Bryan. So yeah. rain, rain is a good thing. Hey, or, rain makes corn. Or Bourbon Street Steak with the Oreo shake. Oh, if I have to choose, I'll choose Luke Bryan, because at least with Luke Bryan, I can get we rode in trucks. No, 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 no. Those two songs. Oh, those two songs? Yes. <laughs> I'd have to, I, I have to go with Luke Bryan still. Really? Because the fact that anybody would admit that they frequently eat at Applebee's, much less write a song about it. And I know that's the joke. Yes. But it's like, I don't know. <laughs> how do we kick someone out of the comments how do we stop jeffrey martin from commenting and saying things like isn't that an eric church song <laughs> that's enough out of you oh. today i learned jeffrey martin's a real anyway um okay. all right so why are we here tonight adam we are here tonight to take a few minutes of everyone's time and just talk through our remembrance of 9 11 because it's coming yep. up on 20 years it's hard to believe um but talk through that, uh, things we've learned since then, things we feel since then, and just kind of process a little bit now that it's been 20 years. It's an important anniversary. It is. So. It is. Um, I, I will also say this. Stay tuned. There's an announcement at the end of the show. You don't want to miss what's happening. Dave's oh pregnant. 
Oh, sorry, my bad, dude. That's just quarantine. <laughs> That's it. He got the wrestling. You got the wrestling belt to cover up the pooch, didn't you? Because you didn't want to tell exactly, anybody yet. Exactly yeah. it. That's exactly it. <laughs> should um, we? Uh, should we go ahead and do Virgil ask a question before we get rolling? Yeah, let, let's go ahead and Virgil ask a question. It. All right, here we go. Scientists discovered in the 1960s from geomagnetic anomalies in the La Chance lava flows in Clermont-Ferrand, France, that a geomagnetic excursion occurred 41,400 years ago. Scientists also used the cross-sections of a quarry tree from New Zealand to analyze for carbon-14. One massive preserved log dating to about 41,000 years ago offered up a 1,700-year-long carbon-14 record. That record revealed major changes in carbon-14. Those changes would reduce the ability of the stratosphere ozone to shield Earth denizens from ultraviolet radiation. That led to large-scale changes in weather patterns that would have cooled the planet. My question is, what was this excursion? I I, I know. I have it was no the idea. Le, Le Champs event is the name of it, and it was actually when the um, magnetic poles flipped. All I can hear is Le Champion. <laughs> Le Champion, and Jeffrey was right. He said magnetic poles reversed. That is well, it. There you go. Jeffrey. Well, hopefully, you know, I don't know if them reversing again would hurt anything, but maybe that's the answer to global warming. Just flip the magnets. I mean, why not, right? North Pole becomes South Pole. South Pole becomes North Pole. But what if I choose not to be magnetic that way? It's my choice north to be magnetic that south. way. All right, south moves north. North moves south. <laughs> the poles have flipped. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Tracy Lawrence. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. Yeah, so 9-11-2001, you are still living at Rose Towers, I believe? Yeah, senior year. Yeah, yeah. Senior year. I I was living in, gosh, what was the name of those apartments? Uh, Oh, it was the ones, was it the ones over by the rec center? No, I was in, this was the one in Northport. Northport? Northport. (laughs) Um, where was that? Um, crap. It was the one right behind the Winn-Dixie, but I don't remember the name of it. Right behind the Winn-Dixie, Northport? Yes, yes. Yeah, them apartments over. Them apartments Just on over. the other side of the Black Warrior? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Every, everybody, uh, everybody, you know, everybody knows where that is there. Of course. Where is it in relation to City Cafe? That's what everybody knows in Northport. The other side of Northport. Oh, there you go. All right. the, the, you know, the Highway 82 <laughs> side of Northport. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Anyway, anyway, so I was living in Northport at an apartment. I, okay, so I had a nine o'clock class and um, I had slept in. And so my mom started calling me and I thought, oh, well, I'm supposed to be in class. I'm not answering this. And then she, she sensed a great disturbance in the voice. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you in class? Yeah. She called me twice in a row, and mom never does that. Mom will usually just call and hang up and, you know, text me or something like that. Um, but uh, mom called me twice in a row. I, I picked it up and said, Mom, what's, what's going on? She said, turn the news on. 
and I turned the news on just in time to see, you know, the the flames shoot up from the first plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, I couldn't leave. I had a noon class in BB uh, Comer. I had Spanish yeah. that semester, Spanish two, and I was just so worried about Huntsville. You know, my dad worked on the Arsenal at the time. Sure. I had friends and family that worked on the Arsenal. And uh, I went to class, but I, I talked to the guy. I said, look, dude, you got to cancel this class. There's no way we can focus on Spanish right now. And, and he said, oh, say it in Spanish. Look, a-hole. <laughs> we're only going to focus on English right now. We, we're going to yeah. focus on us English speakers. <laughs> um, no, so yeah. you know, he canceled class, and I, you know, I didn't do anything the rest of the day. And just stayed in front of the TV, um, fearing for my life, honestly. I hate to say it, but that was probably the scariest I've ever been. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of, before we get into yours, uh, sure. I, I want to read what Chrissy says. Um, Kevin was asleep in Iceland in the Air Force when the planes hit uh, New York City. I think he said, in the past, I didn't join the Air Force to go to war. <laughs> uh, then we engaged in war the entire eight years of his career. Um, I don't think Kevin ever went uh, went to Afghanistan. I'm not sure. Really? Um, I'll have to ask him. Carrie uh, said, stay home from school that day was, quote, unquote, sick. Woke up and did life for almost three hours. Until I went to check the mail and saw neighbors pulling up. And I'm just like, that's weird. So I finally turned the TV on and then it all set in. Then I got worried about being so close to the arsenal. That's, that's the same story about a lot of people in Huntsville. Sure. Uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Martin, I was just a few months out of school. Woke up for a nice day off, turned the TV on to see the second plane hit the tower. Yeah. Um, I, I want to read. This is one story off of Facebook, and, and I, he's not on to, uh, to read it to himself right now. I actually, I don't know if I can get in to see it. All right, while you're but, looking that up, Chrissy said that, that he actually did go to Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan. Okay. Wow. Okay. So thank you for well, your service. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. Or Ben, no, wow, Kevin. Ben. Thank you, Kevin, for your service. The reason I said Ben is because I'm, I, I was talking to Ben Harris this morning. Yeah. And um, he said 20 years ago he was in Jamaica when it happened. Hmm. Um, flights, uh, he was on the first flight out of Jamaica back home from the airport. Staff stole whatever they wanted out of bags, but you could buy knives still. Uh, the airport, hmm. uh, they... At the airport, they had to fly through a tropical storm uh, because the U.S. wouldn't let them fly over land. And it was wow. scary at home to get I home. Uh, he said, uh, uh, then he also said, oh, and I had a little six-year-old girl come up to us and say, if my mommy doesn't make it, my daddy, uh, if my mommy didn't make daddy come on this vacation, he would be dead now. He worked on the 95th floor of, the, of one of the towers. Wow. So... Mm. I, that's one thing I really wish that I, that uh, that Ben had stayed awake and could could tell yeah. us about that story. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Kevin, thank you so much for your service in Afghanistan. Absolutely, uh, I've got my my soon to be brother in law. They get uh, my sister in law marries him in a couple of weeks. Um, he just got back from Afghanistan, so thank you so much. Thank everybody for your service if you were there. Um, Adam, what, what's your story <laughs> about nine eleven? Yeah, I had an eight o'clock class, <clears throat> and um, a senior year eight o'clock class. Mm-hmm. Dude, what who world? are you talking to? That's true. <laughs> so I had an eight o'clock class that morning. So I was up early in class, and 
I, if I, I don't remember if I went by the Ferg to get breakfast or if I had another class after that, but what I do remember is it was just a normal morning. I don't remember anything before. Right. And I, um, got back to Rose towers, walked in the front door and there was that, you remember that big projection TV they yeah. had in the corner yep. and, um, no one was crowded around it or anything. There was, you know, somebody working the desk right there like there always was, and they were kind of looking at it. And there were some people sitting on couches watching the TV. But I looked, and both of the buildings had already collapsed by the time I had gotten back to Rose Towers. Oh, wow. And so when I look, and it talked about World Trade Center, I'm like, oh, there must be a fire or something, you know, because it just looked like a big thing of smoke. And so I went and um, went by the vending machine and got a snack and a Coke and was going to go up and get started um, after I ate a snack with some work and stuff and sat down on the couch, turned on the TV, and the snack that I bought stayed on the floor until probably that night. Yeah. Because it just, you know, it, it you're completely entranced by seeing something like that happen and watching the complete replays of everything. Yeah. Seeing like them go back and show it like I was having to catch up with, with the rest of the world, basically, you know. And um, I can remember feeling in the middle of the day because you just don't you don't know how to process it because tuscaloosa is not in grave danger but i think it was the the thing that got me the most was that is tomorrow going to be like this too and then what about the day after that and it was still early enough in the day where it's like okay two planes and the pentagon i think the third the fourth one had already done that too and it's like where's the fifth one right what's the next thing When's you know, is it rockets next? Is it, you know, stabbings next? Is it, you know, and just being away from home with that being kind of for our generation, Dave, honestly, the first thing like that we'd ever seen, you know, yeah. and, you know, we didn't live through Vietnam or World War II or anything like that. So those kinds of images being shared was new to us. And it was always somewhere else in somebody else's thing, you know, right. And, and having I, that hit home was, was hard, you know, I'd, I'd say the really quick before Chrissy. Yeah. Uh, before I say, let's read Christie's. Christy said, I was in American history class. Our teacher said, well, this is American history in the making. I remember being terrified the whole world was coming to an end. Uh, did anyone else think that or was she alone? No. No, I, I don't think you don't know. alone. Right. And, and, and that's, that's honestly the most interesting. And I'll say real quick. Let me, let me say this first. I went to statistical quality control class that day. And I remember sitting there next. I don't know if you remember Shantae Garrett. Yep. But I sat next to her and we looked at each other and we both just said, why are we here right now? And you the professor came. class? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. am I not the, prof- why, the professor why I not walked in. You know, there was probably two thirds of the students there, you know, and the professor walked in and he said, look, he said, I get it. He said, let's let's if we all go home and sit in our dorm rooms or our apartments, that's what they want. They want our life to stop. Right. So let's just get through the next hour. We'll talk about something different. Your mind will be taken off of it and we'll fight them the best way we can right now. And that's just to live. And I remember that. And then I remember at Calvary Baptist, I went to the um, candlelight vigil they had. Um, I think it was the next day. I don't think it was that night. It was the next day. It was the next day. I remember going to that, but that feeling of the world coming to an end. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what's next, but isn't it, that's ultimately the thing that we have to put in perspective out of the whole thing is this is normal life for some people. Yeah, exactly. This is a, a, now, 2,977 people in the span of a few hours is not anything. You don't see that scale other places. 
but buildings being demolished and people dying in explosions is a regular occurrence in many places around the world. And it, it should put in stark relief how blessed we really are. Yeah, exactly. So, um, man, I, I love, I love that we're getting this interaction with everybody. Yeah, on here. Great. Yeah. Brad Toon eating breakfast before going out to harvest the farm. Parents had the news on watch the second plane hit live can still remember how it felt with all the confusion living just north of the border saw a crazy amount of planes being rerouted the sky was full that's that is one thing i will say this it's very eerie yeah uh, to not see an airplane overhead ever because you know i'm used to when we're outside just hearing little airplane going over prop plane just whatever nothing for a week for a week man um you know, I, the band, I was still in the band. We didn't even have practice that week. Yeah. Um, they, they canceled that. They canceled the Alabama game that weekend. It was against mm-hmm. Southern Miss. Um, the very next game was against Arkansas. Yeah. Um, and I will say this. There wasn't a dry eye in that stadium. When, you know, we get in there and stadiums packed to the gills 83 at the time i think it was like 83,000 83818 yeah wow impressive <laughs> all right you've got that in front of you don't you no i don't it's on it's on something i have somewhere i was going to say i thought yeah. you had a plaque um, it's somewhere. but yeah but um they played the <clears throat> ray charles uh god or america the beautiful song and I was on the field for it, so I'm able to just kind of breathe it all in. Yeah. That was the coolest feeling ever, hearing all 83,000, doesn't matter if they're an Arkansas fan or Alabama fan, just chanting USA, USA. And it, it just I'm getting chill bumps now remembering it. Yeah. I can't, I can't hear that song even on the radio now, 4th of July or whenever I play it. Uh, without thinking of that, so it's just cool. Hey, your your microphone went out. Yeah, I muted it because I coughed. Okay, uh, Carrie said would be, would be remiss if he didn't mention what scene Mike Piazza hit that game winning home run days later meant. Look, as a Braves fan, they were playing the Braves. As a Braves fan, that's the one time I was actually okay when a New York team beat Atlanta. Yeah, because what that meant to that city was just unreal and and seeing um oh yeah jeffrey martin look up jack buck's speech at the st louis cardinals game when baseball started yeah that same thing that's what i'll say this in 2020 when baseball was kind of dragging their feet in the mud and everybody else was coming back and even nhl i i baseball if baseball is back and baseball is doing its thing you know, baseball is what reinvigorated the United States after 9-11. Yeah. Uh, I kept thinking if baseball had kind of done the same thing with this COVID crisis, it could have been the same feeling. But baseball kind of was their thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and my dad said, too, it happened once before in our history. It was told by radio and not on live TV. And I don't know if that's Pearl Harbor or there is a story about a plane hitting something in New York a long, long time ago. Oh, Jeffrey says he's hearing an echo with Dave. My bad. Um, I don't know. But so there's Pearl Harbor, yes. Uh, but then there's also the War of the Worlds uh, when yeah. it was read on, on 
radio. Um, yeah, by Wells. I don't know. I'm not here there. Yeah, he was he was referring to Pearl Harbor. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so sad. And I'll say this: you know, Chrissy said, you know, our, while while we were reading Chrissy's, you were talking about how it kind of defined our generation. You know, it's funny how when we were all in grade school, we watched the space shuttle blow up. Sure. When we were all in college, we watched a tower blow up. Now that we're all in, you know, all have families for the most part, we've watched the world go down a, a pandemic rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say our generations had it rough because uh, there has been a, a lot of generations that have had a lot of things happen to them. I think our generation, the the Gen Xers, Gen Zeners, or you know, millennials, right there, all of us, we're different because we have it all unfold on television. We were yeah. able to watch it all happen, whereas <laughs> generations before us heard it all happen. They never really saw it all until it came on the news. Yeah, we're watching all this stuff live. You know, first grade, kindergarten or first grade, one of the two. I can't remember which one it was. We sat and watched the, the space shuttle blow up on TV. No one thought, oh, let's turn this off. Teachers yeah. kept it rolling. Yeah. So, well, and, and now not only do we see it unfold live, we all comment on it in real time in a way where the world can hear every single thing everybody has to say. Right. And, and that's, think, it's, it's almost yeah. critical mass. Yeah, it is. You it know, is. and that's, it's sad, it's scary. Uh, but that's the world we live in these days. Yeah. So, um, Adam, the the one thing, other thing I wanted to get touch with this is us living through something like that. You know, we, I, I don't know about you, but my love for history, I always ask my parents, well, tell me about Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the, the, the Birmingham riots. Tell me about this, that, or the other. Yeah. How are, how do we, explain this to our children when they ask us about it when they read it in their history books because very soon they'll be reading about that in history books if they aren't already yeah yeah Aiden already is aware of it from a from a school setting um yeah I think that's that's the major question of our generation alongside other ones that with what we're dealing with right now but I honestly think that when they do learn about it I think you have to introduce the idea to them just that there's evil in the world. Yep. And there's some people, you know, we, we don't necessarily, we haven't necessarily had a conversation with Emma about it per se, but we're not going to shield her from it, act like it never happened until one day we think she's old enough. Right. Cause she'll probably find out about it a different way before we could even do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. In school. But like with Aiden, you know, there's evil in the world and that evil in this broken world came about by sin. And that is an example in a drastic fashion of sin to the nth degree. That's how bad things can get when the world is broken. We, we think a little white lie or a speeding ticket or something like that. That's the culmination in a, in a way that you can never forget it. you know. And I think we have to spin it in that way. And then I think, honestly, as they get older and start to be informed and at the age where they can vote, I think a lot of the lessons that came from the 9-11 commission are the kind of things that we have to talk about because really the reason, if you go all the way back, the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, and then they beat them back, they left. People have always tried to conquer 
and no one's ever tried to invest. Right. And I think that's one reason, and I know we said we weren't going to get political, but I, I disagree with one statement. I don't disagree with a person. I disagree with a statement. The statement that we were never over there to nation build or build a democracy, that is the true, and the 9-11 Commission report made it clear, in, in the eyes of, of the government at that time, the way to stop terrorism was to create opportunity, to give the people a voice, to give the people economic opportunities, to let entrepreneurs flourish from all races, all genders, all creeds, because they do not have those opportunities in a lot of ways over there, but for various reasons. They're not all religious. They're various reasons. Right. And I think we have to look at that as to, you know, it's that, that Jeff Daniels clip of why is America the greatest country in the world? We may not be the greatest, and I don't know if it was or was not a smart idea to try to send the military in to do that kind of thing. But the fact that we tried stands for and something. Failed. And failed. Yeah, we, but we didn't go over there asking for anything. We didn't go over there saying, you belong to us now. Like a lot of people have tried to do to various nations on the other hemisphere. Nobody's ever really come here and done that. We discovered this and we were British at the time. And so the British was like, well, naturally... That's our country because you belong to our, your citizens, right? You're our citizens. But people went over there and said, you're mine, and I'm not going to invest anything. I just want your riches. I want your spices. I want your treasure. I want your gold. And then I'm leaving. Yeah. And to do something different was bold, um, but it didn't take. And, there's only, and I, I don't disagree that there's only so much you can do. But at the same time, to say we never went over there to do any of that is not accurate in my opinion either. So. Well, I, I, a lot of what he said was not accurate. And agree with him, don't agree with him. I, I don't think anybody has handled the situation over in Afghanistan right. I don't think the past four presidents have handled the, the situation in Afghanistan right. I, look, yeah. I, I, I'm a Bush supporter. Everybody, anybody who knows me knows that I was a fan of W. But W handled that horribly. Yeah. You know, he did a great job of rally, rallying the nation after 9-11. If, if Gore was in the office at that time, God help us. Yeah. But, well, I mean, you, you send, really at the end of the day, the, trying to turn a, a people into a version of ourselves is never going to be successful because they are not us. Right. And, and I would never want anyone around the world to be us. Everyone brings something different to the table, and they have the right to provide whatever it is they want to provide. I just, we, we kind of talked this a long time ago with text, and I'm going to nibble around the edges of this idea. I'm not going to dive Please into do, it. Please do, because I, I know where you're going. Please nibble. But this is, this is a heart problem. This is a compassion, opportunity, heart problem. And the military and the government are never going to be the best solution for a heart problem. They can give you clothes and food and money and help you with the, the, the circumstances and the results of your circumstances, but they can never really help things move forward. They just can't. And this, this is where the church at the end of the day, I think, yep. fails. We allow yep. the government to try to handle these problems and we open our doors twice a week. We let folks in and we put a handful of missions out around the world. But then there are huge, huge gaps in the heart space in this world where no one is putting anything in those buckets, and those buckets are empty. I'm going to say this and take it one step further, and this is, oh, I'm, I'm going somewhere I shouldn't. 
All right, I'm, I'm going here. Abortion shouldn't there there we should not be worried about abortion laws. If abortion is legal, so be it. The church has done way too much to fight abortion but not help the issue. We are we as a big C church Unfortunately, and not me and Adam, uh, Adam and I agree on this side, the, the big C church has failed America because where most Christians are saying abortion wrong, abortion wrong, abortion wrong, we are not opening our doors to the women who need the shelter and, and have another option for an abortion. Well, and in some, in some ways, they are. But in a lot of ways, they're not not to they're, they're doing it in ways that on a micro scale look big to a single church. But in other to solve the whole problem, there's not enough being done. There's not enough time and energy being spent in that. And, I, and I'll, I'll take it one step further. I'll use a different example. And I know it's sensitive and I'm not going to completely go down this path. But when I sit there and I watch that 9-11 series that's told from the survivors of people who there was one guy, he said he was an ex-paramedic. He was struggling with drugs and alcohol. He woke up that day and his sister called and he just let it go to voicemail. She left him a voicemail and said, I know you're probably down there helping. I know you're probably already down there helping, but when you get this, call me, right? My, he said he, the only reason he went down there was so that he didn't have to hear it from his sister that he wasn't down there, that he was in a dark place in his life. And he had no intention of going down there, but that phone call spurred it. He ended up saving one of the last of the 18 people to be pulled from the rubble because he decided to stand up and do something, starting with a bad intention, just, I don't want to hear it from my sister, and it ended up being one of the best things for an individual's life. We are all buried right now. Every last one of us is buried in the rubble of this pandemic. Who are the ones, where are the people mobilizing to help save us from this to make the problem better we're all standing on either sides of the rubble arguing with each other about how big the rubble pile is how hot the fires are does the water even put out the fire does the rubble really even exist in the first place we're all just yelling and there are people in there dying yep because we won't do something about it and that's where my patience runs out. When you, when you watch those videos, Dave, the first thing that jumps out at you about 9-11, everybody's eyes were up. Nobody was like this because iPhones didn't exist. Their faces weren't down on their phone. They weren't, hey, guys, I'm here at the World Trade Center. Look behind me. Nobody. Everyone was coping in their own way and talking to the people around them and helping the people around them. These black mirrors are the problem, one of the problems. And we need to stop shouting about the problem and start solving it. Whether yep. it's COVID, whether it's poverty, whether it's situations around the world where people have no opportunity and no equality, it's time to actually start doing stuff. And, I, and just like we said, I believe that starts with the church. And, and whether the, the, let me say this about abortion from a Christian perspective really quick. If it is legal, to your point, if they pass a law, they pass a law. In my Bible, it says the government's put there by God for a reason. And the Bible also says that he works all things for the good of those who believe in him and love him. So if it is, 
we live in a broken world. We are never going to win the entire world over. As a Calvinist, you of all people agree with that. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> You're never going to win the entire world over. If it's legal, who's to say that it being there through these cells hasn't produced modern miracles that were God's intention all along? And he allowed that evil to happen for his good. We assume there's nothing good he can do with it, and we have to fight it tooth and nail. And anybody who thinks it's the moral issue aside, when it comes to the fight, how far and how hard do we fight? And then when do we just stand back and say, you know what? I have to let God own this now and let him handle this now. At one point in time is our fight hurting our witness. Mm. And that is every day since January of 2020. Every day. Right. And I think that is the point where we need to say as Christians, you know what? We're going to buckle up. We're going to just say, you know what? Deal with it. Um, I, uh, I, I want to read something too. Um, and this is not yelling at people. This is not getting mad at everybody. Uh, but I, I'm going to read something that my buddy Logan posted this weekend. Uh, I sent it to you and it's, uh, very, very poignant. Um, the pro-life community, when I, of which I strongly am a part of, which I am as well, Adam is as well, uh, has lost so much credibility in this country because of the loud response for a minority of pro-lifers to vaccines and masks, masks. To those who want to debate vaccines and masks, does love your neighbor as yourself mean nothing? Can you see the hypocrisy of the my body, my choice stance from both sides? Real pro-lifers, let's do what we can to end abortion and end COVID. Enough said. Do what the church, let the church open up its doors to people who are down on the luck, who have made decisions that might not face God's laws. The church, look, Christ himself was a friend of sinners. Yep. Christ was a friend of the, the, the woman at the well who was living with somebody that wasn't her husband openly. Christ went and met her there. God, Jesus, very regularly set with tax collectors, very regularly set with I'm going to say a word that it's in the Bible. Whores. Ladies of the night. Ill repute. Ill repute. <laughs> if one of those women walked into one of these churches today that I am I'm talking to, what would those looks be like? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to pat. I'm not. Y'all know I'm a huge fan of my church. If you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you see me talking about it all the time. We had a lady drive up from uh, New Orleans this past weekend. Just drove until she heard God say, stop in here. Hmm. Didn't have anything on her back. She didn't look like a normal, you know, summit me member. But I watched... You know, I, we, luckily, one of our, our pastors stopped, you know, talked to her and 
you know, came and I was on the, the welcoming team this weekend and, and, you know, came and said, Hey, you know, this, she's, and told us the story. Um, I watched fifth, no less than 15 people go up and put their arms around her, hug her and say, Hey, welcome to our church. What do we need today? One of the people, uh, the, the person who's the head of the, the welcoming committee posted, Hey, we've got somebody that needs size seven clothes and five T clothes. What do you got? I saw that post just blow up. Yeah. That's what our churches need these days. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's not open for just the Christians. It's open for those downtrodden. We need to stop arguing about yay abortion, nay abortion, yay vaccine, no vaccine, mass, whatever, whatever, whatever. We need to start being the church we need to start being christ's love and not just say oh christ will love them christ loves them no 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 no. christ we love because christ first loved us well and what makes things like that such a sticky topic is that there are broad scenarios that you can argue in either case you can argue that there's personal accountability and you can argue that there are edge cases where their personal accountability doesn't come into play for whatever reason, right? We focus so much on, I read it, I'll say it like this. I read it in a book called Never Give the, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. And he talks about how many windows and doors God's open, God opens for us. And the example that he gives is a girl that, um, or a guy who has a bunch of friends that want to go to Cancun. And they want to go party and he or she they know that the last time they were there they got in trouble with the law they made a bunch of mistakes had some things happen and i shouldn't go so god gives you a wide door of your conscience and the holy spirit saying to you you shouldn't go and it's really easy to say no then but you don't you say yes now comes your book and tickets you've already sunk money into it now all your friends are excited that you're going. It's harder to say yet or say no, and that window gets smaller. Then you actually are on the plane. What are you going to do? Back off the plane, unpack your bag, hold the whole flight just so that you can get off and have a moment of conscience. The window gets smaller. Now you've landed in Cancun and they say, hey, do you actually want to go to that bar? Remember we had so much fun there two years ago? Now you're there. Are you going to sit in your hotel room after you paid all of this money? The window gets smaller. And we focus on the tiny window of abortion, the only way out. That's the only way out in that moment. A lot of people feel that way in their heart, whether it's true or not. But abortion or adoption, give it up for adoption. Those are the tiny windows. You have to go through one. You have no other choices now. We need to worry as a church about the 15 other windows that God tries to open in somebody's life if we go from the personal accountability route before they get to the point where they have to choose two options. And those are the only two options. We need to get to their hearts before that. If you get into a scenario where someone does something bad and it results in a pregnancy, we need to touch that person's heart who's doing the bad thing and try to reach them. At the same time, we have to understand it's never going to be completely stopped. We live in a broken world. But we need to stop focusing on one of these two, the red pill or the blue pill. you got to take one. Choose now. We need to back up and say when the window's wide, earlier in your life how do we touch them then and it's just to to go into a microcosm that small 
ignores the 20 other years of that person's life where the church could have made a difference to stop that. And I know from a predestination standpoint that God is sovereign and controlled and predestines all things. (laughs) What can you really do? What can you really do? But I know you talk about like unchangeable moments. If those moments are changeable, you have 20 years to do something. Why are you focused on the six hours where this young woman's trying to make a decision? Let's worry about the 20 years when we have wider windows we can help her walk through. Wider doors God's opening for her. See, you, you, you say the thing about predestination, and I'm going to say this here <laughs> and now. I don't know if you're, if you're predestined or not. So yes. to me, yes. everyone, you know, go, go forth and tell everyone. Yeah. So if you're predestined, it makes no, no matter to me because I'm still going to tell you. Yeah. But it's so, like that that's the problem now is we have broken ourselves down as a capital C church. And I'm not judging anybody within the sound of my voice. I am making a broad general statement, like it or not, that we break ourselves in down to mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, pro-life, pro-choice. And we allow because what's the easiest way for the devil to do this? If you read the screw tape letters, he talks in several chapters about things like this. How do you break down the church and let the enemy win? You break them down by forcing them into absolutes and forcing them down to a binary decision. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And it's almost like C.S. Lewis had a copy of his playbook and was yeah. copying it down in a way that's fun to read. You know, but it, it's, it's amazing where he, we have allowed for ourselves to be. So Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's where we are. I don't know how we got on this, but there we go. Uh, Carrie asked a, a very serious question, and this is one I need to study and, and ask him. If predestination is what I believe, then God's plan was for that abortion to happen anyways. Am I wrong? Predestination is, he is not that far. Uh, predestination is Christian or not Christian, saved or not saved. It's not every step of the way. Daily choices still have an element of free will. Right, Exactly. So, but they, it, here's an interesting thing. Okay, we'll we'll keep. Why not? We're here. We're already yeah. here down in the in the serious hole. So, if I asked you a long time ago, from your perspective, what if abortion existed, and which it does, and one of the children that was killed could have been the doctor that would have cured cancer by now, and the reason cancer is so widespread is because abortion happens, and that baby has died. That's not something, that's not, but it's God's plan. But had abortion not been made legal, would we be in a different place now? So just because something happened, does it mean it was forced? Or are things allowed to be fluid? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. (laughs) That's a horrible choice of words, but please go ahead. Well, no, here we go. (laughs) Um, Let's say Roe v. Wade hadn't happened. And abortion is illegal, which... You know my my worldview. Mm-hmm. Eight years ago, Amanda and I had an atopic pregnancy. If abortion wasn't legal, Amanda could have died. Yeah. So, to do a blanket abortion is legal versus abortion is illegal statement is wrong. Well, and that's that to me, I think, is where I'm going to actually put abortion and COVID in the same bucket for a second. 
sounds weird, I know, but I'm going to put it in the same bucket because that's where I think the breakdown is starting to happen from a, from a sta- from a logical argument standpoint with the way people are talking today is that right. I would argue from a scientific standpoint that there are situations like that, or one could argue, I may not say this, one could argue, that from a scientific standpoint, that's a medical procedure because there was a, her life and her medical health were involved. More, If right. you just take the moral thing out of it, you could make that argument. By the same token, you could make an argument that other ones are elective instead of medical, right? You could make a distinction if you wanted to. But all of the folks, I see a ton of folks with COVID talking about medical freedom. And so all of the people who have said, you can't say your body, your choice, because you're affecting the life of another are now saying my body, my choice on the vaccine, even though the spreading the virus affects the lives of another. And it's where this state that right, wrong, whoever you believe, whatever you believe, I think what we can all agree is the state of this discussion has reached that binary point. And without any middle ground, without any give from either one, we're starting now to have arguments for COVID regulation that don't line up with people's worldview for abortion regulation. Right. I mean, just four years ago, most of the Republicans I know were like, look at those crazy people in Oregon and Washington not vaccinating their kids for measles. Don't they know? Blah, blah, blah. And now they're like, well, I'm not vaccinating because there's horse medicine or, you know, you should be able to never get a vaccine for things where there's a treatment for it. Technically, there was a treatment for polio. Technically speaking, if you call an iron lung a treatment, right? And there's so much dissonance that even notes being played by the same instrument, people saying the same things are not concordant anymore. And it's just noise now. The whole thing's just noise now. Believe whatever side of it. I'm not saying one's right, one's wrong. I'm just saying that it's discordant right now. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Wow. We, we, we went there tonight. Well, and let me say, I agree with Vance. He says, alternatively, maybe the next mass shooter or terrorist was aborted and that would have saved that. I totally agree. I totally agree. But I think that from a religious perspective, we have to wrestle a little bit with that fact. Yeah. Of if we believe God uses all things to work together for the good of those who believe in him, does that get grouped in with that? And are there reasons that could be good? So I think for the larger discussion, it's probably more of a red herring, but for you and me... (laughs) It's yeah. one of those things we just got to like grapple with. So, yep. So anyway, for nine eleven, okay. let's talk about something happier. No. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Okay. Nope. Let's let's end the show. I mean, that's we've we've been Dave's going. Like, <laughs> I I I I. Look, I'm emotionally exhausted. I am. I am. I'm emotionally exhausted. Dang it. <laughs> Dad, coming. Um, we're gonna do this. Uh, Adam, if they want to call the show. What's the show? Yeah, 650-UAB-SHOW. Leave us a voicemail. We will play it on air. We do every single time. So hot take, question, something you just want to talk about, 650-UAB-SHOW is the number. Or you can hit us up on the socials. Dave, how do they do that? Uh, I'm at Adams 419 He's at Runtide Run. I am uh, on Facebook. Adam is no longer on Facebook. Uh, the show is unrelated <laughs> at birth. Uh, <laughs> sorry, laughing. Uh, unrelated at birth. Uh, dot com facebook.com backslash unrelated at birth unrelated at birth facebook uh, listener group uh not related bros on twitter unrelated at birth on instagram um guys we love y'all this has been a, a long 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 topic it actually has been shorter than most of our topics that <laughs> it has but this has been one speak. that uh, <laughs> uh just 
you know, we wanted to do 9-11, and then we went, we went hard. Um, all right, so, guys, we love you. I'm stepping out. Adam's got an announcement. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. No. You're stepping no. out? No, I'll, I'll say so. I'll, you, were not, gonna, wait, wait, you were going to leave, weren't you? No, I was going to sit right here. You were going to leave. You were going to leave. My goodness so. gracious. So, this is the final countdown. The final countdown. Mm-mm-mm. And it's funny because we, <laughs> we actually named one of the episodes five or six episodes ago. Is this the end? Dot, 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 question mark. Kind of as a joke. Freak people out a little bit. Um, but it actually is now. Um, we're, we're on the countdown. This is one of the last three, believe it or not, that, that we're going to do. Um, so we're actually going to wrap up in two weeks on my birthday. So happy birthday to me. And do weekly shows from now to then. So I'll meet, see you guys again on the 14th. And then on the 21st, that's going to be episode 99. And then when it rolls around to triple digits, do you want to share any of your yeah. thoughts? Go ahead. I, unrelated at birth will take a month off. Um, and then I'm going to pick up the mantle alone. Uh, but I won't be alone. I will, uh, I'm going to have a rolling host, guest host. Um, I, I have learned that I am not, that Adam is a very good monologuer. I am not a good monologuer. So I, I need guest hosts. Um, so it will be unrelated at birth with Dave and guests. Um, we're going to go with that angle. Uh, so if anyone is interested in, in being one of the guests every now and then, um, uh, come on. That'd be great. I, I, Amanda will be on a couple of times, I'm sure. The, Adam won't be gone forever. No. Adam will come back and do a couple of them. Uh, and, and when Adam does come back, we'll bring back the old theme song and the old. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but it, it, we're, we were going to do a different kind of unrelated to birth. Uh, it was, Adam, you can tell the story about the peace preserves uh, just because I think it was fun. <laughs> it's, it's funny um, how, how, how you got in there. Yeah, so there's no, I just want to say this, there's no real big reason we haven't had a falling out. There hasn't been any hard feelings, except for Dave being mad at me for for leaving the show. But We're not um, going 12 years without talking again. See, you keep bringing that up. Maybe that's the reason. I was was expecting the tongue-in-cheek mad. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's nothing other than, I thought about it, was thinking about it for a while now. Um, I've been doing this for three and a half years, and I told Dave, between this and Sideline Warning, and I told Dave, I said, he was, he's been lucky to have me for that long on the show because I like to say I've done something and check the box and move on to something else. And the story I shared was one time I saw on Food Network, somebody made peach preserves. And I thought, man, that would be awesome to learn how to can because you could keep stuff and make all kinds of good things. And I bought jars and the lids and the pot and the strainers and sanitized everything, put in the peaches, made preserves. They were delicious. And I'm like... Okay, I can something. Check. Moved on. And I never touched any of it again. We sold it anywhere. So. <laughs> and so to have done two shows, and Sideline Warning was probably, what, 50-ish episodes there, and then yeah. almost 100 of this. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And there's no bad blood or anything like that causing. It's just time to hang up the headphones. And I didn't go to school for it like Dave did. You know, it's his baby and his passion. So I'm happy that you're taking it forward. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. First off, we got to read Nick Hoke. Adam, <laughs> Nick says, Adam, I didn't know you before you guys started doing the show. I've really enjoyed you on the show. We'll miss seeing you around. 
Uh, you have a real common sense approach to a wide range of topics. Even when he disagrees, it challenges him to see it from a different perspective. Hmm. And, that's and that's, uh, that, that is a great thing about Adam. Uh, whereas I get worked up, Adam is very, yeah, he gets worked up, but he doesn't get on blast work, worked up. Um, where I'm going to join, I'm going to rejoin Facebook just so you can post that and tag me in it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, he won't, he's, he's kidding. And then Jeffrey tonight, I learned that it, my heart is getting broken and my Tuesdays will feel empty. Oh. Jeffrey, your Tuesdays won't feel empty because unlike some other shows, um, I'm not quitting, you know, this, what this other, what other show is quitting? Well, you know, th- there was a three-letter show that when one of the hosts, two of the hosts left, they quit. <laughs> um, we're still keeping up the Unrelated at Birth Facebook listener group. I'll probably just transition that over to the Geek at Birth listener group. Um, you don't have to. We'll still, we'll still do it. Uh, Carrie says, I'm going to work with a graphics person that will place a small version of Adam <laughs> in all of Dave's, Dave's backgrounds, kind of like the Superman in Friends. Uh, that was actually in Seinfeld, Carrie. Oh, was uh, it? Was, was there really? I'll have to go back and yeah, watch that again. Yeah, it was in every episode of Seinfeld. That's cool. Uh, he had a, a Superman doll. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, no ill will, uh, Adam. You know, I, I, I will give y'all some behind the scenes. For the past year, it's been me kind of pulling Adam along. Uh, <laughs> hasn't been a year. Month. Hasn't been a year. Come it's on, it's been since COVID. Come um, on, a- Adam has uh, two or three times said, "You know what? I think I'm going to hang it up." Uh, and, and I talked him in out of it uh, and he, he, Adam, it's been fun doing the show with you because I, I said it, I say it every week. Uh, this is basically our text conversation. It is tonight. Yeah. Tonight was our text conversation for Literally. last week. Yep. Um, and, uh, it's been, it's been a blast. It's been fun. Um, I, I, I this has strengthened our friendship, which truly was like, um, like bro- being brothers, but now I think it's 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 fully more than brothers. Uh, it is. Uh, so, um, I- I'm going to miss our weekly talks like this. Uh, we you still got two more. Uh, I-, I might bring in some some fun guests from the past just to <laughs> to relive some old memories. Sure, we need to call Mickey Boylan. Just to yeah, we do. We, we got to have, have him on. Um, maybe Josh and Taylor one last sure. time. Sure. Um. One last time, Adam Russell's going home. Teach him how to say goodbye. Anyway. Uh, There's something guys, about a podcast in Mansions of Rest. I don't know. So. I, I know, right? Guys, uh, Jeffrey says, sorry, my friend called in his drive home. Uh, so I'm listening to the podcast while he's talking and missed the tidbit of the conversation. My bad in part. Uh, Vance Kent said, we can throw all the shoes into AI generator and have a Adam deep fake on the show. Mm. That would be a little weird. I Actually, agree. That would, be, that would be a lot weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, weird. Okay. Anyway, anyway, uh, guys, we love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. We, we're, we got two more, so don't get too sad. We got two more. Uh, guys, we'll see y'all next week. Adam, take him home. Yeah, thank you again for giving us some of your time. It's been a lot of fun and looking forward to closing it out with a bang. But um, we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. Um, Stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. Find somebody to reach out to. Find a way to bridge the gap. And we'll all be better for it. And we'll uh, see you guys next week. Bye.